Oh, well, hello there. I'm Jack Winter, and you're listening to the pilot episode of Sounds a Bit Sinister. Full disclosure, we recorded this episode before we had our studio set up, and the audio quality is not amazing. If you think that might annoy you as much as it annoys me, you might want to go ahead and skip to episode one. Otherwise, stay put and enjoy episode zero of Sounds a Bit Sinister. You're recording this now. Yeah, I'm recording this, yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to start? Let's start. Yeah, go on. You're listening to Sounds a Bit Sinister, the only podcast that turns out later not to have existed. We examine the names of curious phenomena to discover whether anything truly sinister lurks behind them. I'm your host, Jack Winter, and with me as always is my co-host, a faded black and white photo of Rosie Winter. <laughs> Before we begin, do you have a sinister story from history that you'd like to share? I sure do. Tanjanika, 1962. In a small boarding school, three girls began to laugh uncontrollably. Over a few days, the compulsive laughter spread to more than half the girls in the school, but left the teachers unaffected. The school was forced to close, and the laughing epidemic spread to a village where some of the girls lived. From there, it spread to new schools and new villages with some victims laughing for more than two weeks. Overall, the laughing epidemic lasted for a year and a half, affecting over a thousand people and triggering the closure of 14 schools. What? That's so many schools. It's ridiculous. I've never heard of anything like that. I know. Um, I have. I've heard of the dancing epidemic. Oh, what a good segue. Yeah. Uh, Is is that a segue? Are we segued to dancing? (laughs) Oh, right, you're anticipating a segue because you don't know what the topic is and you think maybe that's it. I mean, that seems like maybe there could be a connection forged there. Yeah, no, um, I mean, there is a connection, but it's not the one you've gone for. Oh, okay, okay. Enlighten me. This isn't my segue. You're looking at me like I'm not still not getting the segue. <laughs> not, not everything's a segue. I'll come to my segue in due course. <laughs> I'll try not to anticipate what you're about to say. I do think that's an interesting story, though, and it just went away. You know, as far as I'm aware, stuff like that has happened before in history. Like, that happened in the medieval period a few times mm-hmm. with, like, dancing epidemics. Yeah, I've read that it's um, to do with, like, periods of extremely high stress. So it's sort of like people boiling over and just doing something uncharacteristic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing that around the world in lots of different scenarios. Maybe this is why silent discos happen. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the impulse. Like, I, I walk around Edinburgh, not that we live in Edinburgh. We do live in Edinburgh. We do. <laughs> are we saying that? Are you, worried, are you worried people are going to stalk us because of the podcast? Maybe. Maybe it'll be super, super effective. Well, there's your first clue, stalk, because we're in Edinburgh. <laughs> How about I tell you about something which I think sounds a bit sinister? Okay, tell me about that. Okay. So, leaving the news behind, let's head over to the vault to find out what, this week, sounds a bit sinister. Today's sinister sound has been chosen by Bruce Forsyth via Ouija board, and it is... The Iconic Nerdle Device. Before we start, I'm going to give you three words from this story so that you can guess whether the Iconic Nerdle Device is genuinely something sinister. Okay? Okay. Your keywords are... Teeth. Trademark. Lawyers. I'm also going to tell the listeners that although they don't know it, there is most likely at least one Iconic Nerdle Device in their homes right now. I mean, to me, anything involving teeth seems a bit sinister. Yeah, I, I get that impulse. Just teeth stuff. Just teeth stuff. Dentists. You know, yeah, dentists, they're very sinister. Yeah, well, I mean, they have that reputation. Seems a bit unfair. Like, podiatrists don't have that reputation. It's, don't feet hurt as much as teeth? 
And actually, that's an open question. You can get to us on Twitter with that one. Don't feed hurt as much as tea. <laughs> yeah, whereas, you know, anything involving lawyers, that could go either way. Could go either way? Yeah, I guess you want to you want to demonise lawyers. You want to say that lawyers are sinister, but lawyers brought us... Oh, actually, I, I thought I'd... I thought I'd come up with something at the end of that sentence by the time I got there, and I didn't. What did lawyers give us that we really like? Uh, yeah, I would say that some lawyers defend our rights. That That's good stuff. Some lawyers don't. Some lawyers go the other way. And attack our rights. And attack our rights. But then they're not good lawyers. They're yeah. sinister lawyers. We, well, good. We found our first sinister thing. We're only a few minutes into episode one. That's brilliant. <laughs> How about I tell you? Go ahead. You tell me. The reveal. The iconic Nerdle device is... Toothpaste. Oh, yeah, not not where you expected okay. that to go. Yeah, toothpaste is you know usually pretty not sinister. Exactly, but let's not assume anything just yet. Okay, okay. Let's start with some definitions. A nurdle is a small blob of toothpaste shaped something like a wave, often depicted on toothpaste packaging. You can picture that, right? I can, I can okay. definitely yeah, picture that. Exact one, yeah. And I bet you didn't know there was a name for it. I think I did know there was a name for it, but it was like lurking very much in the back of my brain from was... a conversation we might have had decades ago. Deep down. Deep, deep down in our 10-year marriage. Yes. Okay. You see, you're giving people more and more information to figure <laughs> out who we are, where we live. You've given away the fact we were married. People might have thought we were brother and sister, or I was like, I don't know, your, your child. Yeah, I don't know. I think people like to think of us as being a couple, maybe. Bit of a frisson on the air. Oh, 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 this. oh, oh. <laughs> Well, I'm all hot and bothered now. Would you like to know uh, a few other things that have names that you probably didn't expect? Yeah, go for it. The dot in a lowercase i is called a tittle. No way is that true. I mean, you know, stuff is called stuff. It's like, did you know today is International Eater Flat Sausage Day? It's kind of complete bollocks, really. Well, who decided to call it a tittle? Well, yeah, no, who's in charge of that? Um, someone someone called it a tittle. Now it's called a tittle. That's I mean that that's as simple that's as simple as you can make it really. I think it's a missed opportunity though, because there's only one lowercase I in the word tittle. Why is that a missed opportunity? Even just an ititilly would have had three or four. And then you would have had the opportunity to say that the word ititily has four ititlies in it. What's an ititily? And uh, an itit no. This has nothing to do with the iconic Nerdle device. This no, was, go, I've got go three bullet the... points in the script. It, it says, like, power through these in ten seconds, and we've just we've blown half a minute. We've probably lost half the audience. The triangle of skin in the corner of your eye is called a caroncule. The triangle of skin in the corner of my eye is called a... A caroncule. <laughs> the dent in the bottom of a bottle of wine is called a punt. Oh, I love that. Right. That's lovely. I've always wondered what that was called. Yeah. Is it know. true that the, the deeper the punt, the better the wine? I have heard that there is a that relationship, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's just because almost all really cheap wine has little to no punt. I did always wonder if it was a marketing device for like those wines that are over £7. If you've ever been to a really nice restaurant, the waiter will hold the bottle by the punt when he pours. Yeah, yeah, I can see and, that. You know, so that, that implies a nice wine because it's got a good deep punt for him to push his entire thumb into. That does show you're in a good restaurant when the waiter has the ability and the nerve to yeah. hold the bottle by the punt. Yeah. Yes. Should we drag the topic back around to the iconic nerdle device? Yeah, go for it, go for it. So the question is, what makes a toothpaste blob an iconic device? In this case, it is just a legal term that means that the nerdle in question has been trademarked. It's not just any nerdle device, it's the iconic nerdle device. Okay. You're with me so far? I am. So really, it's, it's a bit of legal fluff. But that doesn't mean it's not sinister. Stay with me. 
The fact that it's trademarked became really, really important to two completely giant companies back in 2010, when a fight broke out over just who can use the classic nerdle on their packaging. Those two companies were GlaxoSmithKline, the company behind Aquafresh, and Colgate Palmolive, the company behind... Colgate. Colgate! Excellent guess! Ten points! Now you see, I can picture the nerdle device. I can picture the fact that it is a number of different colours together, and that m- immediately makes me go Aquafresh. So Colgate, Does it really? Yeah. Aquafresh would be, by extension, GlaxoSmithKline. Yeah. Extremely happy to hear you say that. <laughs> the story gets nuts pretty quickly, and can probably tell us a lot about trademark material. Here's how it went down. In 2010, Colgate filed a lawsuit with the Southern District of New York, challenging GSK's ownership of the depiction of three striped nurdles of toothpaste. They said that GSK's trademark rights were too vague, and they limited competition because their trademark didn't specify the colour of the stripes. You have a very good instinct for this. Maybe you've missed your calling in trademark law. (laughs) And therefore, GSK had sole rights to three striped nurdles in every colour. In every single colour. Every single colour. And Colgate Palmolive were not having that. Incidentally, do you think this is a reasonable thing to go to court over? Um, I suppose. I mean, if it's a very tight market out there, you really want to show your individuality in the world of toothpaste. <laughs> I could understand why you'd want to, to go there. <laughs> oh, do you stand out? Yeah, yeah. you want to stand out. I can yeah. totally see that. I think that's a very reasonable point. I do, however, want to mention that the lawsuit Colgate filed was 76 pages long. GSK counterfiled with a complaint that was a breezy 45 pages long, saying that it would be confusing for consumers who traditionally associated the stripy nurdle with their brand. What's the 30-page difference? Where does it come from? Bigger font? Did they have more headings? Did they have more pictures of teeth? Where's the difference coming from? (laughs) I like the idea of them having more pictures of teeth. Yeah, Yeah. I do. Teeth are awful. I know, but it's sort of, you know, visual media keeps the people interested as they're going through this massive document. So... You, you've kind of already expressed an opinion on this. Do you think that the stripy nerdle, that's us argument, do you think that's reasonable? Do you think that's true? You, you connect it with GSK and Aquafresh? I actually do. You're, you're on record. I actually am on record. I don't know if that has anything to do with the type of television I have been exposed to, but the nerdle, the nerdle device, mm-hmm. I think Aquafresh. It's iconic. It's iconic. I can see it with the blue, and the red and the white, distinctive shape. That's Aquafresh to me. I really hope Colgate Palmolive don't come after us for this. <laughs> if they did, we'd be the smallest of fish to fry. <laughs> yeah, but I bet they have one eye out on the sinister news of the world oh, for reasons yeah. we'll get into in a bit. <laughs> um, I actually, I got a quote here if you want to hear what Glaxo had to say about this. I've got uh, the Glaxo spokeswoman, Deborah Balding, who said, More than 20 years ago, GSK's Aquafresh brand created the highly distinctive neural device to promote its range of Aquafresh oral care products. These extremely valuable trademarks are the exclusive property of GlaxoSmithKline's world-famous Aquafresh brand. And GlaxoSmithKline will take all necessary steps to defend its rights. Damn, that sounds a bit sinister. Bizarre range of accents right there. But they all sounded a little bit sinister. (laughs) It sounded a bit sinister, right? (laughs) Um, So, I mean, you've completely given away the fact that I didn't actually bring an actor into the studio to deliver that. That's not on budget. That was me all along. (laughs) Now everyone knows. Oh no, I've revealed your secret. Two things jump out at me about this quote. Firstly, the phrase created the highly distinctive nerdle device. Mm. Now, we know already that you stand for Aquafresh. (laughs) I think what that translates to is we drew some toothpaste. 
I mean, yeah, you could say that about any graphic design thing. Like, we just drew the thing. You're right. Graphic design is, is a fake job. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, you heard it here first. Worthless job, graphic design. <laughs> I studied graphic design. I know you did. <laughs> Look where it's got you. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a pretty easy brief for the designer, though, right? That wasn't the most challenging thing. When you look through their portfolio, sort of simple. Yeah, it's well. iconic part of the trademark name. It is, yeah. If you go to any, basically any page on the Aquafresh website, or if you look at the back of a box of Aquafresh, it has the words iconic nerdle device on there. This is this is something fun everyone can do at home. You see, I feel like that's a feather in the graphic design cap right there, is to be able to have iconic in the name. Very well. Yeah, okay, good. I, I suppose you're right. I would like to say that the other thing that jumped out at me is the phrase, all necessary steps to defend its rights. Yeah, that, that stood out to me as well. I, I was hoping you'd get back to that, because all joking aside, that's pretty sinister. It's a bit sinister. What did they mean by that? Because she, she didn't use the, the, the phrase of lawyers and stuff like, you know, all rights within the law or, mm. you know, all legal remedies. It sort of implies that they'll do literally anything. They'll mm. come after you. Toothpaste militia. Oh, I like that. That's an excellent name for a prog rock band. <laughs> you, that's ours. You can't have that, listeners. Um, would you like to hear some other stuff that we can uh, we can say about GlaxoSmithKline? Yeah, go for it. You ready to hear the word allegedly a lot so we definitely don't get sued? Oh yeah, totally. In 2014, GSK was ordered to pay $492 million by a Chinese court after allegedly bribing doctors to recommend their products. The company has been fined for promoting an antidepressant product for treating depression in the under-18s, although the drug had allegedly not been approved for pediatric use. They were also fined for promoting Wellbutrin as a treatment for weight loss, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, sexual dysfunction, and substance addiction. None of those uses were approved, but GSK allegedly paid doctors to promote those uses. Well, I don't know how I feel about that. Not good. In 2012, GSK announced a total $3 billion criminal settlement with the US Department of Justice to make these and several other accusations go away. There's also plenty more about this company, including a swine flu vaccine that allegedly gave people narcolepsy. What? Yeah. Like um, long-term suffering narcolepsy or like just the odd? bit of narcolepsy oh uh yeah well that's actually really interesting and i invite you to do further research on your own because it doesn't say here in the script <laughs> <laughs> they were involved in a market manipulation scandal in the uk and most recently and perhaps bizarrely and you know, a little bit suspiciously they instructed staff in the uk to turn off the nhs test and trace app while at work the app is aimed at mitigating the spread of covid19 <sighs> did i say allegedly they did they, they allegedly allegedly that's bad yeah that's not good. In the interest of balance, I should mention that Colgate Palm Olive are also shits. <laughs> would you like more information as to why? I would definitely like. I feel bad now because I I said I loved Aquafresh so much. Yeah, yeah. They you... are the they're the bad guys so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give me someone else to hate. Oh, okay. Well, um, Colgate Palm Olive has been cited as one of the world's top ten plastic polluters. Does not surprise me. Carry on. Its third-party code of conduct guidance has been criticised for failing to define the age below which a person is considered a child for the purpose of employment. <laughs> and the use of palm oil is linked to deforestation on pretty much the biggest scale imaginable. The orangutans. The orangutans. Yeah, they. So wicked sad. GSK are connected with just like paying off doctors and flogging slightly dodgy medicine and Colgate Palm Olive are generally thought of as the people who cut down rainforests and dump plastic in the ocean. This is all alleged by people who aren't me. You know, I'm just saying nothing. 
I'm saying nothing at all. <laughs> Ignore the name of the podcast. These companies are both nice. Please don't come after us. Toothpaste militia. They know we live in Edinburgh now. <laughs> they know our names. Why did we use our real names? <laughs> None of these really relate to the important question. Which of these terrible companies won the Nerdle fight? You had to guess? Oh, if I had to guess, I'm going to say Aquafresh. All right. You're probably right and no one knows. What? Is it still ongoing? Well, they settled the case confidentially in what I imagine were truly heartwarming scenes where they put aside their differences, had a little hug, and, who knows, maybe brushed each other's teeth. Oh! Friends forever. Friends forever in the toothpaste militia. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's confidential, we can only comment on observable facts. Both companies still use the image of a nurdle of toothpaste on a brush, because of course they are, how else are you going to sell toothpaste? Although, actually, um, I, I checked what toothpaste we have at the moment. Um, and we have Colgate! <gasps> yeah. Is the nurdle device on it? It is not. There oh. is just the image of a single tooth, um, including the root on its own. Oh, it just nobody is horrible. likes the root uh, yeah. of the tooth. I, I, I don't know what made us buy that particular toothpaste. I think we're probably more price conscious than anything else. Mm-hmm. And apparently contributing to one of the world's... Foremost deforesters and plastic polluters, which uh, I get a little bit bad about. Yeah, I feel like we need to reassess that now. Yes, yeah. But Colgate have stopped using the phrase triple protection. Now, I didn't really touch on this earlier, but this is a part of the nerdle thing. Both companies used the phrase triple protection with the nerdle. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing that GSK were annoyed about because uh, they came, they used it first. They came up with that. Mm-hmm. That, I feel like, is a pretty open and shut case. Like, if you use a phrase, you're allowed to own the phrase. Mm-hmm. So while both companies are using a nerdle, Colgate has stopped using triple protection and switched over to triple action. Now, I think that sounds like a threesome. <laughs> I didn't want to go down that route, but yeah. Sounds like a threesome, yeah. Definitely does. If, of course, if you, uh, if you do get some triple action, you would need triple protection. <laughs> We're really setting the tone in episode one, aren't we? Yeah, we really are. I'm ready for the conclusion. Sure, go for it. Conclusion. So, after all that rosy winter, you have all the facts. Is the iconic Nerdle device a bit sinister? At the beginning of the show, I thought, you know, the actual iconic Nerdle device sounded like the kind of weapon a henchman would use and therefore would be very sinister. Yeah, it's funny, actually. When I was researching this, I found a blog post entitled, Where Will You Be When They Activate the Iconic Nerdle Device? (laughs) See, that's kind of what entered my brain. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say the device itself, no. The companies who fought over it, yes. Can you give us a score out of how many teeth are in a regular human mouth? Oh, that's the kind of thing we really should know, isn't it? I'm, I'm trying to try to count mine. Mm-hmm. Four, like, my brain is telling me 32. 32. Yeah. But you, you look shocked, like we just read each other's minds. I just literally counted my teeth. Yeah, but I can't tell what number you got to through you counting your teeth in Okay, your so what we've established is I can count and you can remember things. <laughs> I, I don't think it warranted the gasp moment you just had. <laughs> We are of one mind. So... Out of 32 teeth, how many teeth sinister is the iconic Nerdle device? 25 teeth. You heard it here first. That's all from us for today. Thanks for listening. If you have an idea for next week's sinister topic, write it backwards on a mirror or get in touch at soundsabitsinister at gmail.com or Twitter at soundssinister. You have to do that at the end of every show now. <laughs>